Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features senior pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. And now, here's Pastor Eric. Cape of Good Hope that's located there in South Africa. It is the southernmost most point of that continent. It was not originally named the Cape of Good Hope. It was actually called the Cape of Storms by the Portuguese because it was so stormy and it was so windy to get around. It wasn't until they got past it, it wasn't until they got through it that they got to the other side that they said, let's call that Cape the Cape of Good Hope. Amen? Hope is often born out of despair, out of sorrow, out of hardship. And when you get through the storm, you go, yes, this is hope. When you get to the other side, you rename your situation. Hope is this. As Loretta was leaving uh, last Sunday, she shared some encouraging words with me. And I basically made this statement. And she was kind of making this statement in her own words. Hope is resilient faith. That's what I said to her. Hope is resilient faith. And that's really what hope is. Hope is moving. It's moving here. It's meant to be moving here and and moving here. We're going to look at that this morning. Five products of hope. Biblical hope, right? We're just doing a word study of hope and where it occurs in Scripture. This is what hope will produce in us. This comes by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit moves in us, He generates these Five products that we'll look at this morning. As hope grows, right, as we lay the foundation, as we look at the reasons, as hope grows, it begins to produce fruit. So this is the fruit of hope. This is the sons and daughters of hope, if you will. Hope is going to motivate some things in our lives. So the question is this, what does hope produce? Number one, joy. Joy. Joy is a product of hope. Romans 12, 12, look at it. A real simple verse, a triplicate. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope. The point of our hope is our gladness in God. Hope is meant to make us glad in the Lord. Hope is meant to cause joy. Flip over to Romans 15, verse 13. He prays this beautiful benediction. We've been praying it some. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. May the God of hope fill you with joy. Joy is that product. What is joy? Joy is so much richer than happiness. Joy is so much deeper than happiness. And one of the things that joy brings is peace. It's one of the things that hope brings, this this peace, this confidence that we're going to look at. But it brings this joy in us. What joy does is it boasts of future triumph. Yes, 
Christ has come and I'll boast of that triumph. Yes, we will rise. Yes, we will have eternal life. We can boast in that. We can have this joy that looks past the circumstances that says, yes, I can express my hope with, with a heart of joy and just walk with gladness in God. You know, it's hard to be sad when you're studying hope. It's hard to be sad when you're preaching on hope, right? It, it works in our heart Joy. Oh, no, no, there's so much to, to look at and go, well, I could be pessimistic about this or I could be cynical about this, but, but I want joy. Do you want joy? Study hope. Our joy is in the foundation, those four things. It's in the aspects, those five things. That's where our joy is, right? Our, our joy is in the Lord. We said that Romans mentions the most about joy. Philippians is actually the book of joy, but Romans uses, uh, excuse me, uh, Romans mentions the most about hope. Philippians is the book of, of joy. But I want you to go to Romans chapter 5 and see hope and see joy. So flip back to Romans 5. You've done chapter 5, chapter 12, chapter 15, all right there in Romans. Because joy and hope are mingled here. And yet again, look at Romans 5, 2 through 5. Through him... Through Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Joy. He says we rejoice in hope. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's been poured out into our hearts and, and given to us. We can have joy. Matthew Henry wrote, The joy and peace of believers arise chiefly from their hopes. What is laid out upon them is but little compared to what is laid up for them. Therefore, the more hope they have, the more joy and peace they have. Jesus Christ said, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. St. Augustine, Augustine Augustine, North African by the way, said this, he lived in the 300s and 400s, he said this in his confession, How sweet all at once it was for me to be rid of those fruitless joys which I had once feared to lose. You drove them from me. You who are the true, the sovereign joy, you drove them from me and took their place. You who are sweeter than all pleasure. Hope produces in us a sovereign joy, a joy of God, a joy that looks past circumstances, that has this peace and a joy that can boast. So number one, it's a fruit of hope, it's a product of hope, it's joy. Number two, it's love. Love. Take your Bible and go to Colossians. This is where you see it knitted together. Colossians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Love is a product of hope. Paul writes, he says, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you had for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you've heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, right? And he goes on. He mentions that triad of the Christian life, faith, hope, and love. And he says, I've heard of your faith. 
and I've heard of your love because of the hope, right? You have a hope, a heavenly hope, that is producing in you love. We could say, we could really translate it this, because of hope, or on account of hope. The love that you have for all the saints because of the hope, on account of hope, on account of that hope, this is why you love others. One of the things that hope does is hope motivates love. Hope pours love into our hearts. Why can I love? Because hope. How do you love if you don't have any hope? How do the people in this world who don't have any hope, they don't love others, right? They kill and they rob and, and, and they, they commit suicide. They don't have any love, right? But hope pours love into our hearts. It motivates love. We could say this, love is hope in action. Right? We love out of that hope. Love is hope operating in the present. Right? That's what love is. It's, it's, it's my hope not just sitting there, but it's, it's my hope affecting the, the here and now. And so what I need to do is, is go and love others, right? Because my Savior's commanded me to. Because I know there's an eternity a day of righteousness. I want to see more people fall in love with God's glory and, and that sovereign joy. Hope does not, it will never, hope doesn't lead to indifference. Hope does not lead to avoidance. Hope leads us to love others. You won't become indifferent. You won't avoid people. We could say it this way. Hope doesn't practice isolation or escapism, does it? I, I have hope, so I'm going to isolate myself. Really? I have hope, so I'm going to escape from that. And never. What does hope do? Hope loves actively and says, no, I'll, I can jump right in and confront that. My love is my hope operating in the presence. It's, a, it's an active love. If there's no hope for the future, then why love, right? If you don't have any hope for the future, why would, why would he love? Why would the atheist love, right? There's no hope in, in tomorrow. What, what good do you have love for fellow man? Hope gives us the reason to love very reason. So joy, right? We study hope, we, we understand hope, and it puts in us a joy, not a happiness that's so much deeper, right? It puts in us a love where we want to go out and say, I, I know now, this is the basis of my, of my love, to love one another, to love fellow mankind. Thirdly, hope produces boldness, courage, confidence. This is a product of hope. And I want you to see it first in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So take your Bible and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 12. Paul is going to talk in 2 Corinthians, especially 2, 3, and 4 about this, that we're fragile but we're glorious. In, our, in and of ourselves we're fragile, jars of clay, temporary tents, but in Christ we are glorious, the aroma of God, we beam with His radiance. And then he's talking about that, beaming with the glory of God, and he's talking about Moses and using Moses as an example. But chapter 3, verse 12 says this, Since, because we have such a hope, we're very bold. One of the things that Paul tells us is, is that hope produces a boldness, a confidence, a, a courage where he says, we're, we're bold with you because we, we beam with the glory of God and our hope is in Him. And it's not an arrogant type of boldness or courage, but it's a boldness in the Lord. It's a gospel boldness. It's not a prideful one. 
What we could say is this, is that hope really is unshakable. Right? We said last week in this cancel culture, nobody can cancel or ban your hope. You have hope now and forever. It's a sure foundation. It is the solid rock, right? What that hope does is says, I have this quiet confidence, this courage about me, this boldness that I can face things, that I can talk about, right? Hope doesn't make us ashamed. Hope doesn't make us cower back. But hope is confident. He says, because we have this hope, we're, we're very bold, just like Moses who would go right into the presence of God, right? If we looked at 2 Corinthians 1.7, maybe it's on the other page in your Bible. He says this, our hope for you is unshaken. Right? Hope is not shaken. He goes, my hope for you is unshaken, for we know that you share in our sufferings. Hey, you'll also share in our comfort. Right? The hope makes him courageous to just say, I can go through this and you can go through this and we can go through this because we know a better day is, is coming. So hope makes us confident. Let's talk about the freedom and the firmness. A, there's a freedom in boldness, right? A freedom in confidence, a freedom to courage. It's, it's like you jumping because you know daddy's going to catch you. It's freedom to do it. It's boldness to do it. You just go, I jump because dad will catch me. It's like you jumping because you know the parachute will do its job. You can freely jump out of the plane, right? Because you, you've got some, some trust, a hope. You hope in dad. You hope in the parachute. I don't hope in the parachute. Maybe you do, right? But, but this is what hope leads us to do. It's just like, hey, I, ju I just have this freedom to jump. I have this freedom to live with courage because I have this hope. It's here in my heart. It's built on this foundation. It has all, I have all these reasons, right? It's working in me joy and gladness and love for others, and it's working in me this confidence to just go and to live. My hope is in the Lord. Maybe we would say this, B, there's a firmness to boldness. There's a firmness to boldness that... that Hope provides, right? You, you know the bridge will hold you, so you cross the great chasm. Right? You know that, that you can go out there because it's, it's this firmness, right? I'm just confident this will hold. This firmness of boldness and courage, this freedom in boldness and courage, and hope has worked it into our hearts. Hope grows courage. When you think about it, fear is the opposite of hope, and hope is the opposite of fear. So one songwriter says, Fear is gone and hope is sure. Christ is mine forevermore. Go to Hebrews 3.6. We see it again this way. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6. The writer says, But Christ is faithful. Amen. But Christ is faithful. He's talking about Jesus being greater than Moses. Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are His house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. He says this is what hope does. It makes us confident. Hope gives us this kind of boasting, right? Where we can say, yes, Christ is mine forevermore. Fear is gone. Hope is sure. There's freedom in that. There's firmness in that. There's a, a peace in that. The Christian hope is the theme of our boasting. It's the theme of our 
courage. You don't have to turn there, but another passage that I, that I thought of was in Philippians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Listen to what he says and see if you don't catch this with Paul, the reason he can write these things. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Why could he write that coffee cup verse? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because hope was producing in him a freedom, a firmness, a boldness, a courage of saying, I, I have this peace. I have this hope. It's built on that foundation that we talked about. It has all these reasons that we looked at last week. Need courage? Dwell on the foundation of hope and the future that it promises. So joy, ah, love, ah, the outflow. Boldness, courage, confidence. And then fourthly, here's a great one, perseverance. We wait on the Lord. We have patience. Patience is the daughter of hope. But let's look at perseverance. Let's call it this. And turn to 1 Thessalonians. I love chapter 1. It's one of my favorite chapters. Faith, hope, and love. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3, and then we'll jump down to verse 10. He says, We thank God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope. Steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Perseverance. How in the world do you keep going on? in this life. How do you keep going on? Hope. Hope. Steadfastness of hope. He shows us what their faith, hope, and love is in verses 9 and 10. So he talks about that steadfastness of hope. Watch what hope does in verse 10. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 And to wait for His Son from heaven whom He raised from the dead. Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Hope waits patiently. Hope waits steadfastly for Jesus who will deliver us. Hope, it's why we keep going. Hope waits. Hope endures. Hope perseveres. And I have to tell you, after 20 years of full-time ministry, I feel like I'm just beginning to learn what perseverance is. Like, I thought I could use that word. And now I'm just realizing, Eric, you're just now learning what perseverance is. I don't know what it'll look like when I'm 60 or 70 or 80. Like, I'll think I'm just now learning what perseverance really is, right? You know. Hope remains steadfast. By definition, it takes time to persevere, doesn't it? That's why the 8-year-old can't say, I know a lot about perseverance. No, you don't, right? <laughs> right? By definition, I don't know if a 44-year-old can say it, right? But, but some of, by definition, we have, we have to have time and to just wait. Patience. What do we wait for? Christ's return. His return. Hope produces a power in us that's able to abide up under the weight of this life. That's what that Greek word, hupomone, perseverance, endurance, means. It means to abide under, right? To abide under. Hope gives us that when everything, why do, how do I keep going? How do I bite up under, I, I persevere as Christians? You know what we do? We keep going. You know what you do? You keep going. You've shown that to us 
you, many of you have had perseverance because of the hope in your heart. As Christians, we don't quit. How can you do this if you don't have any hope? Why keep going if there's no hope? Hope says, try, try again. The book of Revelation twice says it this way. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints. Here is a call, Revelation says, for the endurance of the saints. Hope works this in us. One of the great verses is Romans 8, 23 through 25. We've looked at it, and we keep kind of coming back to it. Wednesday night we looked at wait and just how we have to wait, and perseverance is waiting. Look at Romans 8, 25, or just listen. I'll start with 23. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the, our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. One day our hope will be sight, faith. It'll just be, it won't even, it'll just be Christ. There He is. Hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what He sees? But if we hope... For what we do not see, like we do right now, we wait for it with patience. Remain steadfast. Endure by hope. Number five, the fifth final product I want to show you today is this. Unity in community. Hope produces unity in our faith community. And you can go to Ephesians 4.4 for this one. Ephesians 4.4, it's this great declaration. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But he says these interesting words, there's one body and there's one hope. One of the things that hope produces in our community is, is unity. We will be unified. A hopeful people are a unified people. Can you imagine a congregation that's sure on its foundation of hope, that, that's clinging to the, the aspects of hope and all those reasons for hope? And then we have like this gospel unity, this, this hope-driven unity. We're united. One hope, he says, one body of Christ. And that same hope dwelling in all of our hearts produces unity and it makes us a powerful group of people. You want to look at some of the powerful Christians around the world, go to like the Middle East or to that 1040 window, right? And those Christians that have a hope and that hope unites them in their faith and ain't nobody playing games there and they are powerful in their prayer and in their group and in their hearts, and, right? It's, it's a power. What do we unite around? Not just anything. We unite around... The foundation. We unite around the reason. We unite around the gospel of grace, the new birth, the scriptures, right? The foundation of hope, the aspects of hope. So Christian friends will help you with hope. Aren't we meant to do that? We're meant to help each other. Hey, don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. We have this unity then in that. Our Christian friends give us encouragement. So let's go back. Let's maybe we'll put them on the screen there. The five products that I see in the Bible of hope. Surely there are more, but this is where it's linked specifically with the word. Number five, hope produces in us a joy. It, it bears that. It's the fruit, 
love for others. Boldness, courage, perseverance, endurance, patience, unity in community. Where are these virtues in the lives of churchgoers today? I'm talking, I'm talking about Christians. Where are these virtues in the life of church, lives of churchgoers? Where's their joy? Where's their love for others? Where's the boldness? Where's the perseverance? Where's the unity? What does it say if I'm lacking in these areas of joy, love, courage, endurance, and unity? Lose hope, lose joy. Lose hope, lose love. Lose hope, lose courage. Lose hope, lose your perseverance, your reason to endure. Lose hope, lose the unity. What about pessimism? What does pessimism produce? Going to go to that stand and buy that? What does that produce in us? Pessimism gives no joy. Cynicism, no joy. It brings no reason to love. Produces no courage in us. Motivates no perseverance. Brings no unity. Pessimism is the opposite of all those of hope's products. What do hopelessness and despair produce? All the opposites. Anger and hatred and indifference and selfishness and fear and worry and laziness and cowardice and disunity. No hope numbs. Numbs the soul. No hope numbs the heart. A lot of zombies in our world today, right? They have no hope. They don't know the foundation of hope. They, they don't understand the reasons of hope. Why should we expect them to have these products of hope? It comes from our soul. It comes from the gospel. Hope does this. Now, we could, I could make this into like a 12 or 14 week series, right? What if we started to do this and to say, what does hope influence and what does hope impact? Well, hope influences and impacts everything in our Life. So many things. Think about this. Hope impacts and influences death and grief. Right? 1 Thessalonians 4. How does hope influence death and grief? We don't grieve like those who have no hope. 1 Thessalonians. So we get right, that's a sermon in itself. What does hope impact and influence? Marriage and family. What does hope do for a husband and wife? What does hope do for our family and how we deal with our children? Right? There's another sermon right there. Right? What does hope impact and influence? Money, your possessions. How does hope impact my hope putting in money and things? And does hope affect the way I spend and save and even view the stuff? Yes. Another sermon. Right? Hope impacts and influences politics. And how heated I get and what I, where I put my trust and hope and right peace. And hope impacts and influences your work. How I go to work. What I do at work, that I, it's careful to, to remind me, don't build too much up into your salary and your, and your work. Don't make too much of work, Hope says. Hope impacts and influences our priorities, right? Everything. Hope adjusts all those things. Hope impacts and influences suffering. Now that's a good one. Early in my ministry here, we did a series in the Old Testament called Hope in the Midst of Hardship. 
How do you have hope in the midst of hardship? And one of the things that hope does and has done over the, the lives of uh, Christian saints and Christian history is this. Hope has impacted and influenced suffering, right? The way Christians in the Middle East suffered because of hope. Or the slave African-American Christian, right? And the songs he sang, right? And the Negro spirituals and other... Like, hope has influenced Christianity, right? Abroad and here and the way people suffer. Hope gives you the fuel to embrace suffering. That's how much hope impacts and influences suffering. It gives you the fuel to go, yes, I can suffer and suffer well and keep on singing, right? And keep on praying and give my life right to the flames, right? Hope fuels that. Somebody sent me this text from a devotional a couple weeks ago. Hope is a golden cord connecting you to heaven. This cord helps you hold your head up high even when multiple trials are buffeting you. John Piper lost his mom in a tragic uh, car, bus, van accident in the 70s. But I found this interesting as I listened. He said this in one of his sermons about the tragic death of his mother. Deep beneath... The turbulence on the surface of my life, there was a strong current of confidence and joy that all was well in the hands of a sovereign God. He was speaking about hope in the time of grief, right? He says there was this confidence, there was this joy, it was like this river. Oh, it was wavy up top, but somewhere to my soul I could walk through this a little bit differently. Why? Because hope impacted my suffering. Like we could just keep going adding to that list, couldn't we? Hope presses onward. So we pray today, Lord, increase our hope. Is that your prayer? It's my prayer. It's made my prayer all of this series. Lord, increase our hope. If hope doesn't move you, something's wrong. Did you hear that? If hope doesn't move you, then something's wrong. If it's not, it's not producing something, then check your hope. We can hear that. Do we, do we understand that? If hope doesn't move you, something's wrong. So as we begin to, to wrap up this series, maybe we should ask this question. How can you pass hope on to others? How can you pass hope on to others? Well, the best way is to tell them this, that hope has a name. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the hope of the world. One person says, Life with Christ is an endless hope. Without Him, a hopeless end. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 and chapter 2 verse 13 are good verses for us to end with. Because Ephesians 2.12 says this, Before salvation we had no hope. If you're here today and you're not sure that you're a Christian, you're not sure that you're saved, you have no reason to be hopeful without the gospel. Ephesians tells me that before my salvation, I had no hope. Ephesians 2.12, remember, he says to the church, that you were once passed at that time before your salvation, separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. 
But praise God for the buts of Scripture 2.13. But now, but now in Christ Jesus, if you are saved, you are in Christ Jesus. If you put faith in Jesus, you can become a Christian today. Reliance on Him, Lord, making Him Lord, repenting of your sins. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, right, with no hope, you've been brought near. You have hope. How? By the blood of Jesus. B.C., no hope. A.C., after Christ, we have hope. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. For that is the payment of our hope. His blood given for us. Do you know Him as Savior today? Put your hope in Christ. Let's pray. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.